What did, What are you drinking? Oh, well, I'm, I have a Diet Coke. <laughs> oh, nice. We love a good Diet Coke. I also have my backup polar water. So Nice. Oh. I have health aid kombucha in this pink lady apple flavor. Is that what you spilled all over your desk last week? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Blair. And I'm Kirsten, and we are Mediocre, Mediocre Content. Content. Nailed Yay. that one. <laughs> we did so good. We did. All right. So before we get into our like normal routine here, I would like to say we have a listener submitted question, Ooh. aka, well, and honestly, this is, I mean, my husband is a listener, um, <laughs> but he didn't submit Chris. the question. He just asked me in the kitchen if I could include this. So okay. here we are. What you got? Okay. So I think not last week, but the week before. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, so at one point we referenced Salem, my cat, mm-hmm. um, my black cat as the void. Of course. And just so, and that is his superhero, official superhero name. <laughs> Um, and Jinx, Jinx's official superhero name is Hi Jinx. Cute. And so he wants to know what Puma, Cougar, and Lynx's superhero cat names are. Your cat. <laughs> what are their superhero names? Um, okay. So not really superhero names, but something that we call them. Uh, Cougar, we call Hissa because when she's in situations that make her mad, she just hisses. Seems reasonable. <laughs> so, so reasonable. I like it. Uh, Puma is pukey for obvious reasons because all she I does is throw up everywhere. Like vom- <laughs> Full that vom- could be her like super superpower. <laughs> oh, it's a superpower, all right. <laughs> um, and then Lynx, we call him Poopy Gauchos for other obvious <laughs> reasons. <laughs> for those of you who are unaware of the atomical position of Gauchos. They are not the pants that you loved in the early 2000s. They are actually the cat hair on the back of the cat's hind legs. He is Um, a very fluffy boy as a ragdoll. And uh, over the last, like, he hasn't done it recently, but like last month and the month before, he had a lot of hairballs because it's wintertime and he's like shedding his second coat. And unfortunately... He had a bit of cat spicy diarrhea <laughs> that we had to clean in the tub because poopy gauchos. So there you go. Gauchos, <laughs> Mine are all disgusting and oh mean God. and y'all's are adorable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll let you guys know when the comic book comes out. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful thing. It'll be like the void and hijinks and then it'll just be his sidekicks all bodily fluids all and- bodily fluids <laughs> and an anger management issue <laughs> management issue <laughs> oh man that's great thanks chris <laughs> yeah thank you listener hmm. yeah all right um <clears throat> the other thing i wanted to chat about really quick is that um so i live in california and mm. i believe based on the feedback I got from my East Coast family, Mm -hmm. um, everyone is very concerned about the flooding that is taking or was taking place last week. Yes. Um, In California. Sorry, guys, I have like a little I'm getting over a cold. (laughs) So just bear with me. I know I'm disgusting. Anyway. um, So (laughs) I would just like to point out the fact that well, in our area, we didn't get a whole lot of flooding. Everything was fine. Yeah. Um. A little bit north of us, they definitely got some flooding. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, they're recovering decently. That's good. So yeah, 
everything is okay. Do you know how bad it actually was then? It so there was <clears throat> there was some flooding, um, but it was like everyone was like, oh, it's gonna be the the storm like a category three hurricane. And I'm like, great. Oh. So I moved to the west coast and I still, <laughs> still get a hurricane. Get they just can't they can't call it a hurricane because it's in the Pacific Ocean. True. Fun fact. So it's a they called it a cyclone instead, which is so much oh, more cyclone. you know non threatening. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, so there was some flooding. Um, I believe most of it has deceased, but the problem is the water doesn't like soak into the soil the same way it does uh, on the East Coast. Okay. So yeah. the other thing too is that there, it doesn't rain here. Right. Like the yeah. fact that we had so much rain was like unprecedented. Mm. Um, so everyone, it's like when it snows, um, if you're from like the middle East Coast, like Virginia, North Carolina, mm -hmm. South Carolina area, if it snows there, you know that everything shuts down yeah. and all the milk <laughs> and bread true. go missing and everything is crazy. Yes. So um, <clears throat> it was like that kind of yeah. um, okay. where everyone was freaking out. But I think for the most part, most people made it through and everything was fine. That's right? good. Yeah. Okay. And we in my area we didn't get a ton of rain mm. we it was like sunny and then the news was reporting everything is underwater the world <laughs> is dying la 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 You're so like, what? i think and I, I some places did get like a significant amount yeah. and i'm not trying to like minimize that but i think uh, they over exaggerated which is i mean pretty normal well for... it's kind of good news though yeah you know better for it to not have been that bad definitely <laughs> definitely so bottom line everything is fine we're we're Excellent. still over here. California did not fall off the map. Okay. <laughs> Everything good. is good. Everything's still attached. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 It was pretty dreary on this side as well last week. We had like the whole week was rain up until yesterday, the day before. Yeah. So today's a really nice day outside. It's like sixty degrees and beautiful. <sighs> Lucky. So nice. We do not have that kind of weather, but we it is nice. It was a nicer day. That's good. Yeah. So moving into the disclaimer. Before we get started, um, we are not experts on anything. We're going to be talking about essential oils, aromatherapy today. We are not recommending this as medicine. We're not recommending this um, really before you talk to your doctor. So Absolutely. definitely talk to your doctor. Um, obviously, it, aromatherapy is not like super dangerous because like if it was, <laughs> they wouldn't sell it to us. Ooh, smells. Um, conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy theory, though. Like, think about it. Um, no, sure. but like, but honestly, like, if you um, buy any essential oils, just make sure if you have sensitive skin or if you have asthma or something like that, like, check with your doctor first. Okay. I also okay. heard that um, essential oils can affect the like your walls in your house, so <laughs> you just gotta be careful, especially if you're Ooh. a renter. Definitely. Just be <clears throat> mindful. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, that's the first I'm hearing of that. And yeah. I'm, but yeah, I, um, we'll talk about some of the things that I've mm -hmm. learned through my research here. This would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, into the good news for us then. I'm super pumped about the first piece of good news because as an avid TikTok watcher, I actually saw this on TikTok first. So uh, people may know Mark Cuban from Shark Tank, not sponsored. But I used to watch that show and it used to irritate me. But anyway, he's uh, one of the billionaires or millionaires or however much money he has that used to be on the show offering deals to people. 
And nowadays, he has started a new company called... Oh, this is his pharmacy. Yes, yes. So it's Cost Ooh. Plus Drug Company. And I watched his interview. Again, I forget who it was with. It was, I think it was maybe Trevor Noah that was on, that he had the interview with. Uh -huh. um, and they were discussing this. And basically, his whole thing for this company is to fight back against big pharmacy because... As I'm sure many people with medications know, it is so expensive just to stay alive with things that are necessities these days. Yep. For you know, I've a heard lot of, of this. I've yeah, this. yeah. And so basically, what he's done is created this company that um, it says prescription pricing would be 15% for the cost, which is just the cost of the drug itself, uh, plus the 3% pharmacy fee and a $5 shipping fee. And it's 15% of like increase from what they pay for the cost. So you know exactly how much they pay, it's 15% of that. And so basically at this moment, the site currently offers 1100 medications um, and mostly they're generics at the moment, but they are working to incorporate things like insulin and you know, higher priced drugs that people need access to or need more access to. And basically, um, whoever he was speaking with, I guess maybe a friend that he has is what he was referring to. But basically, this guy for his medication pays like $3,000 or something like that for his medication. Mm -hmm. And that's per month. So it's super expensive. Um, and for three months of that medication through his program and through his company, it was $63 for three months. Bravo. I we mean, love that. absolutely. So it's just bringing a new wave into the prescription and pharmacy industry, which I feel like we desperately need to disrupt. And so it's oh, really great to see people who have the means to do that begin to start and, and fight back against this kind of craziness that is this industry. Absolutely. Also, side note, related, mm -hmm. but not exactly the same. <laughs> okay. um, pro tip, if you order, if you get a medication that you need consistently, um, if you order it through your, um, like, through the mail instead of oh, just yeah, picking yeah, it yeah. up at the pharmacy, it is more than likely going to be cheaper. So and just keep that yeah. in mind. I can attest to that. I, I mean, a little bit. I use the uh, TRICARE Express Scripts online. Yeah. And that's super convenient because they'll, in some cases, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it depends on the type of medication, but like, I know for me, they usually send me like a 90 day supply through the mail as well. Yeah. Instead and of they'll monthly. Send you, yeah. They'll send you more and you yeah. don't have to pay as much. Precisely. Exactly. So all good things. And you know, it's just expensive. It yeah. just sucks. Life is expensive. You know, absolutely. Um, and then our second piece of good news is just funsies because, <laughs> so I have a, a big thing for shared birthdays myself because my little nephew and I share a birthday. And so I was like, well, this would so be fun. Cute. And this shared birthday is a day after our shared birthday. So oh. there's uh, the Scott family who lives in Huntsville, Alabama, and the husband and wife duo both have a birthday on December 18th, which is so cute. Um, and then they ended up having a baby who also arrived on their birthday. That's <laughs> Which weird. It's so weird. I'm sorry. But it's so weird. cute. <laughs> it was so, so what 
they so their kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna be like okay it's time for family birthday family birthday you know what i would make it a month event at that point oh, okay. if we all had the same birthday i'd be like you know what let's just take it's this whole month it's a family birthday month birthday month, birthday birthday month. month. and christmas uh, yeah. though too, oh yeah which is and wild merry birthmas i used to hate that <laughs> anyway <laughs> we'll skip that um so uh, and it was just in time uh, also so she came in right at 12:30 a.m. on December 18th adorable Cute. Cute. um and since you said it was kind of weird i also included some stats on these types of phenomenon right so um it is rare obviously because you've got to hit the dice right first of all you have to be in the relationship with a shared birthday anyway well and you think about it like did they plan it this way i mean it would be it's super possible. interesting if they tried it's possible <laughs> it anyway. is possible um but in 2017 another comp uh, couple also shared a birthday and then welcomed a baby on the same day and it also happened to be december 18th <laughs> I don't I don't like this game. <laughs> uh, this was in uh, Mississippi. Um, and so, I mean, Mississippi and Alabama aren't that far away from each other. So maybe, you know, what is happening? I don't know. There? Something in the we South. Um, so it says here that the family's birthday, December 18th, uh, is actually a pretty common birthday, ranking number 56 out of all days, um, according to, you know, the journalist who was doing all the statistics on this article uh -huh. um but then they also say that um out of the calendar days including leap day which is february 29th the two mm -hmm. least common birthdays are january 1st which is number 365 if you don't know how many days are in a year and a december 25th which is number 366 which had me i guess because of the leap year so yeah. you've got like so one extra day yeah six days yeah okay yeah and <clears throat> then um they also said uh so leap day which only occurs every four years uh obviously would be uncommon at that point but it ranks 347 so it's not as uncommon so it's more common <laughs> yes. than january 1st which always exists <laughs> <laughs> yes and christmas absolutely <laughs> all right then. yeah i don't know uh and then other uncommon birthdays are christmas eve july 4th and the most common birthday is said to be september 9th and overall september as a month is yeah. the most common and which that's makes sense because, that's because it's nine months from like new year's yes. and christmas and all that yeah <laughs> and what else are you supposed to do when it's cold and there's something you could do outside you know well and yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. absolutely so um but yeah, that's my good news. Enjoy that. Rack your brain over that. <laughs> Great. Love that. Numbers. Thank you, Kirsten. You're welcome. For enlightening, enlightening everyone on this. <laughs> I still think that's super weird that you they're know what, all though? like. Like, I would be. Okay, so I would be interested to know, listener, uh, let us know, one, if you have a birthday in September, but also, two, if you have one of the uncommon birthdays, like, because I would love yeah. to know you know how aggressive the statistic is you know yeah i know philip yeah. has a birthday in september actually oh. so out of all of i have 13 cousins 13 14 wow. something like that okay. i have a lot of cousins and like my grandma would always like send out birthday cards to everybody um all of her grandkids right and mm -hmm. so and we had 
uh, as, as a whole family, including uncles, aunts, everybody, September was the most common birthday month. There was like oh. six, maybe something uh -huh. like that birthdays in September. So statistically of our family population, that would be correct. I don't think anybody in our family that is like directly related has a September birthday. I like I don't, most of ours are uh, either in the fall winter time frame or in the spring. I think, yeah, Kellen and my dad are the only ones. Maybe Patty too. There's like some outliers, but for the most part, it's like fall winter period. I mean, September's in the fall. Yeah, but, but none you of mean them October? Are September. Yeah, I mean like October, uh, November, December right. time frames. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. October is a heavy month for us, as you're aware. <laughs> I mean, that's for me. That's close. That's almost <laughs> September. Almost. It's that's still within the prime time frame. <laughs> they undershot that one. They're like nine yeah. months. So they're just like, just kidding. <laughs> they said, we're going to wait until after New Year's. And because that's what everybody does. And we're just going to do it on President's Day instead or something. I don't know. Younger listener, uh, go ask your parents about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. The planning period. <clears throat> anyway, right. essential oils. <laughs> So we're talking about essential oils and aromatherapy, <clears throat> but in order to understand aromatherapy, we have to understand essential oils. Mm -hmm. um, they are derived from plants. Um, some would say that they are the plant's essence, um, which gives, which is what give the plants their smell. Hmm. And oils are extracted from a plant and infused into products, or you can buy them in their regular, just organic oil form, hence the term essential oils. <laughs> I love that. Got it. All right. It's important to note that not everything that says it's made with plant essence is made with essential oils because you can manufacture those smells. Right. right so right. just when purchasing essential oils, I would just take a look at your manufacturer and like where you're getting them from. It's a good point. Um, aromatherapy or essential oil therapy is you is using essential oils to promote physical and mental health. Hmm. So our sense of smell is very powerful. And the general idea, especially nowadays with essential oil is um, we smell whatever smell and it activates our brain that the part that controls our emotions, the hypothalamus, and it helps our brain release chemicals like serotonin or other ones that mm -hmm. give a different um and it makes you happy that makes sense i don't they have like those um i don't know if it's this it might be in this category but you know they always tell you like the um the pillow sprays and stuff yeah 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 like, so like, like lavender for sleeping right, right. so you right, put right, the right. put it on your pillow and i'm part of me i mean this is the skeptic in me Part of me feels like, well, if it's part of your nighttime routine mm -hmm. and if you use it enough, every time you smell it, your brain is like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. It's not the actual oil like doing anything. Mm -hmm. It's just like you're I training, you're almost. Pavlovian training yourself yeah. to like go to bed when you smell it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, not to minimize this at all, but just <laughs> <laughs> that's my skeptic opinion. I know, but it's still, but arguably, it could still be considered working because you know you're using it religiously and you have trained yourself with that smell so that's maybe true. that's true it could still apply yeah um yeah well you know that's true um 
you can also and you can also so you can diffuse essential oils you can also um have them in a spray in a soap in a body wash whatever um and you can also just put them directly on your skin um huh. there was a girl in my nursing school class who peppermint is supposed to like make your brain more awake so before a mm. test she would like pass around her little roll of <laughs> ball of like peppermint essential That's oil cute. yeah um <clears throat> so this is a not so fun fact for those of us who own cats as you know we both own cats indeed and i did not realize this until very recently oh. <laughs> um so this is my story um so if you have cats you can't have essential oils because they also have a very sensitive nose and it will bother them slash possibly make them sick. Um, so I bought a diffuser and essential oils because I saw a TikTok, right? This is always how it happens. Always. I saw a TikTok and they were like, okay, well, burning candles is basically the same thing. Like you're, you're emitting like smoke and soot and stuff in your home. Sure. And I was like, I've never thought about that, but that's probably, you know, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I want my lung health to be good because my lungs are important. <laughs> right Indeed. and so i was like okay well essential oils seem like you know the next best thing i want my house to smell good it's mm -hmm. just water vapor it's fine it'll be great um so i bought essential a essential oil diffuser and essential oils off of amazon as one does as you do and i get them and i'm like i'm telling my husband chris about all these things and i'm like this is this is so great our house is gonna smell so good <laughs> and we're not gonna like potentially burn the house down by leaving a candle on or something. Mm. And he's like, so I think I read somewhere that cats, if you have cats, you can't, you can't do it. You can't have essential oils. And I was like, no, that's not true. There's no way that that's true. Oh I, nobody on TikTok told me that that was true. <laughs> so then it's automatically not so true. So immediately I go to Google and I find that it is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. It is absolutely yeah. true. And um, it really bumped me out and I had to return everything. And... Oh no. But then, so then, like, I'm still concerned about the whole candle situation and inhaling, like, fumes and, like, candles are artificial. Like, if you don't get the organic wax ones and there's, like, mm. you know, if you don't properly air out your room like you don't in the winter time because it's right. cold outside, like, you know, what do, yeah. what do I do? How do I make my house smell good? I don't like the air fresheners. I think they're stupid and gross. Yeah. Honestly, actually, the... um the we had like those glade plugins when we lived in florida yeah and apparently those can be kind of harmful too one because they're at like eye level for most cats because that's where your plugs yeah. are mm -hmm. um but uh i <laughs> i don't necessarily do this because i don't really care i'll just open a window in the middle of winter but um a lot of people are like well then just bake just cook so you have all your like like cooking yeah. smells in your house and i'm like yeah but that requires work. That's so much work. <laughs> Who has so time to bake like a bunch of cookies just so your house smells nice? I mean, it would be nice. Maybe I should just hire somebody to do that. <laughs> Can you just I, you bake know, in my house? Honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is bad for them. I don't but know about I was, candles, I, though. I was thinking like simmer pots. That might be a thing. That is a very new thing. But I mean, yeah. okay, so another potential wrench in here technically you're still putting i know you know like you're I not know. like you know i feel like it's different when you've got something that can like so like essential oils going back to the topic where i read like 
if you're a renter, you need to be mindful of like what kind of oils you use for that. Yeah. Because it can get on the walls and like coat things and you can't, you like, you just don't know. Well, imagine your cat is walking around and now they have that on their skin and they're licking themselves and ingesting it like yeah. animals in general, not even just cats. So I could understand that being harmful. But if you think about it like a candle, it's not like something physical going on them. It's just a scent. So right. my thought is candles are probably fi- I mean we've burnt candles we from a have, from a cat know? perspective I would say yes it, from a human lung perspective true the jury's still out we're not I would sure. agree it's yeah. probably safer <clears throat> for a human standpoint there's tons of studies about fragrance and their effect on you know the human uh sinuses and things like that but simmer pots are probably good again just work and you always have to have like a herbs and stuff on hand yeah it, i don't to put know. in a pot to simmer I don't know. yeah like, and I don't you need to dehydrate yeah like fruits and stuff i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> so anyway if you come over to my house and it smells disgusting <laughs> this is why <laughs> this is why she doesn't want to do the simmer pots but also takes care of her cats <laughs> i yeah my cats are healthy my house smells like crap i don't know what to tell you <laughs> dang um so moving right along, some of the um, uses, potential mm. uses for aromatherapy are to man- help manage pain, improve sleep sleep quality, which we've already kind of talked about, mm. um, reduce stress, agitation, and anxiety. That's a big one. I think a lot of people use yeah. aromatherapy for that. Um, to soothe sore joints, um, mm. treat headaches and migraines, alleviate side effects of chemotherapy. Um, ease discomforts of labor, fight bacteria, fungus, viruses, improve digestion, improve hospice and palliative care, and to boost immunity. Hmm. Some okay. big claims. Those big are claims. some big claims. Um, I I feel like, allevi- so side effects of chemotherapy I, mm. is nausea, vomiting most of the time. Oh, right, right. And I think a lot sense. of like peppermint Mm -hmm. is a really good one to help eliminate nauseous feeling if you're a nurse and you your patient um is nauseous that's me put an ice pack (laughs) put an ice pack on the back of their neck Mm -hmm. and have them smell an alcohol wipe and i know that that's not technically an essential oil but it might help it's all scent related it's all sensory i think that's why a lot of these work for for those purposes definitely Mm -hmm. Um, so in addition to that, the, um, the conditions that aromatherapy can be used to treat, um, and I just put a little asterisk here, like, so used as complementary medicine, right? not down, like if any of this has worked for you as your primary form of care, then continue doing what you're doing and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would just like to say, um, the FDA has not fully back to this um and scientifically it's only been proven as a complementary use to primary medicine um as opposed to a full foolproof mm-hmm. treatment okay right. so just everybody keep that in mind right. so some of the conditions that aromatherapy can help with are asthma insomnia fatigue depression inflammation peripheral neuropathy menstrual issues, alopecia, cancer, erectile dysfunction, arthritis, and menopause. Some of these surprise me. However, if we were talking about it, like you mentioned, complementary, and that just means with other drugs for the listener. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could kind of see how that works. Asthma surprises me, though, because 
that's i know uh, you know like that's that's surprising to me so the only the only thing i can think of is like you know how vick's vapor rub has like menthol and like mm, spearmint in that's it true yeah. And sometimes that helps when you have a cold, like open mm. up your nasal passages and stuff. That would be True. the only thing. Um, but okay. like a lot of breathing treatments have like, um, like basically a diffuser in like mm -hmm. a mask and mm -hmm. you are breathing yeah, yeah, in that. the drug, you know, okay. but I don't Makes know. Sense. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't ask questions. I just read the article. You know what I mean, <laughs> like, this is fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I did find a scientific study from Yale, the Yale Journal of Biology and Medicine, and they basically did a study on um, essential oils, um, and they found that as a treatment for reducing anxiety, depression, and falling asleep, um, they have like essential oils have many effects and can be used for that. Additionally. Mm -hmm. They also found that they have antimicrobial, antiviral, antioxidant, and anti-inflammatory properties and can be used as um, an alternative to synthetic insect repellent. Isn't that fun? They didn't that give the recipe in the article, but <laughs> I'm sure you could find something <laughs> online. Yeah. Um, and so there are many proven health benefits to essential oils, but there are also adverse effects. Um, they did find that certain essential oils and their components contain endocrine disrupting chemicals. Mm. Um, and for the common person who doesn't know what that means, it's basically it just messes up your hormones. Mm -hmm. um, and that and that the population that's most affected by that is the prepubescent children. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So just and that's all they could find in the, their particular study. Um, and with the essential oils that they used. Mm -hmm. um, so they also put a little disclaimer at the bottom um, that basically was like, you know, you can use essential oils. There's a lot of really good benefits, but science has not fully yeah. figured out everything that could be an adverse effect. So just use with caution, you know, everything yeah. in moderation, like that kind of thing. I mean, if you think about it, it's since these are derived mostly from plants. I mean, we use a lot of plant-based medicines anyway that are also antimicrobial or antiviral or antioxidant like that's what a lot of the, a lot of them consist of anyway it's just a yeah. different method in which you're getting it into your system yeah maybe that different method of getting into your system is better for certain diseases like for your example asthma you have to inhale the medication for it to open you up and like make you start feeling better but i could also understand it mostly affecting children when it comes to their endocrine system because they're still growing and they're still developing and their body hasn't necessarily figured everything out yet. So right. that right. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just, you know, take everything with mm -hmm. a grain of salt basically is the big takeaway from this. Yeah. I personally really like to smell peppermint and lavender and, mm -hmm. you know, I like, I like to smell nice smells and I think everybody really does. You know, now you got me thinking about like um, perfumes and stuff about my cats. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go down that rabbit hole once we're done with this podcast. <laughs> and then we could do a whole one on like the best natural deodorant because that oh my is a whole thing. I have lots to say about that as I someone know. with highly sensitive skin. So 
I would, yeah. I would love to go into that. I like my one of my maternal grandmother um, mm. passed away from breast cancer. And so Ooh. like my mom has always been on me about like, don't use deodorant with aluminum yeah. in it. And, you know, all kinds of other things because they, they come out with every like a new thing every month for like what they you should do if you don't want breast cancer and all that. But like, yeah, it's um, there's a lot to say about yeah. all that. But anyway, medicine's crazy. I know it's wild. <laughs> it is wild. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second half, too. I have some interesting tidbits about the history of aromatherapy, too. So awesome. um, we'll go ahead and take a break and you guys listen to another ad and then we'll jump back in in a few minutes. Awesome. Congratulations. You've made it to the ad segment of the podcast. Don't worry. The podcast is now, thankfully, halfway over, and we think you'll have what it takes to push through to the end. You got this. We completely understand if you have to bow out for now, but if you do, make sure to come back at some point to try and finish what you started. Or not. That's also fine. If you got what it takes to continue. We know you do. Keep listening so you can get this over with. And be sure to tune in to future mediocre content. content. And we're back. We are. According to the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy, that's a huge mouthful. Holy crap. Just dive right in. <laughs> <laughs> the most popular essential oils are sage, cypress, eucalyptus, fennel, geranium, ginger. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. I was about any. to say good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> any, any thoughts? Um, Heli Helichrysum? Helichrysum? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think you had it. L Lavender, lemon, lemongrass mandarin neroli patchouli Ugh, peppermint patchouli. roman chamomile rose rosemary tea tree velvet ve vetiver vetiver and ylang ylang <laughs> i want to know what that is i'm gonna look it up right this look second. it up look it up i want to know up. what it looks like and i'm I've sure heard, i've heard of it before i just don't know ylang ylang oh, but what's it okay uh, that is extreme. Oh, it, okay. So obviously it's a plant, uh, specifically Correct. if anybody is, uh, curious, it smells, um, these are the notes ready for this exotic, deep and floral extract with top notes of Jasmine Neroli, which I also don't know what that is and a fruity facet reminiscent of banana paired with creamy custard and tangy rubber. I don't get the last part. I don't get it either. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know anyway. Gross. Anyway. Um, luckily, this is not like a smell live show vision? because we don't have to smell it. <laughs> so it's fine. All right. Oh, thank God. <clears throat> so those are your most popular. Okay. Um, That's a long list. Yeah. I think so. Um, you know, I like I like patchouli because it's like a fun ugh. word to say. It's like you say it in a British accent. You're like patchouli. I really don't like the smell of patchouli. Uh, you know what I find is strange that isn't on this list is um, sage. Sage is the first one. It, oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My brain, for some reason, thought your list was in alphabetical order. And I was no. like, that's so weird that it's not no. over there by rose and tea tree. <laughs> sage is literally the first one listed. 
Never mind. Never mind. You're doing great. I am. So now we're going to dive into a little bit of history. Um, So how long has aromatherapy been around? Aromatherapy, humans have used aromatherapy for thousands of years. Ancient cultures Mm -hmm. such as the Chinese, um, India, Egypt, a lot of um, ancient cultures um, have incorporated aromatic aromatic plant components in resins, balms, and oils. So this has been going on for a really long time. Yeah. Um, these natural substances were used for medical and religious purposes, um, and they were known to have both physical and psychological benefits. Also, I don't, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, so forgive me if I'm die bombing, but um, I feel like also I read somewhere either in a history book or just off the cuff where these types of things were used in lieu of bathing as well because it was not common for people to bathe but you also didn't want to smell like hot garbage so you would use these i feel like it was specific for rich people though it could have been that would make well because these are plants and herbs and things which you had to have money in most cases to to have anyway yeah is what i get that sounds right i feel like you could be correct um somebody check that yeah, somebody check that because it's not going to be us. Um, but yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like something I read in like social studies in sixth yeah. grade or something. Yeah. Um, so, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> okay. Hippocrates, known as the father of modern medicine, maintained 2,500 years ago that the key to good health rests on having a daily aromatic bath and scented massage i mean dang sign me up (laughs) and honestly like who says a face mask and a bath can't solve all your problems i mean honestly oh that sounds amazing like right now (laughs) i think so so i think hippocrates was on something absolutely truly um so some of some of the essential oils um were used to produce like a trans-like state. Rose, mm. myrtle, and coriander were respected for their aphrodisiac properties. Ooh. Uh, myrrh and marjoram. Marjoram is like a, um, a European plant that is in the mint family, just oh, FYI, okay. um, were used as sedatives. Hmm. And jasmine was used as a general tonic for the inv- entire body. Which makes a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah, jasmine tea and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rose was employed as an antidepressant and used to strengthen the liver. Chamomile was given for headaches, dizziness, and colds. Also makes sense. Sound familiar? Indeed. Um, And many of the properties ascribed to herbs and aromatic oils by the ancients civilizations are regard are regarded today. So people, I mean, this stuff didn't go away, obviously. Uh, We still have a lot of that. Yeah. Um. So the first people to kind of make essential oils into like diffuse them mm. would be the Persians in the 10th century. Oh wow. That's a long time ago. I know. That's a, that was really, like a really long, long time, time ago. ago. And so and then shortly after that there was a lot of information published about essential oils because books became a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and then so then it spread into the 16th century in Germany and the 19th century France. The physicians there recognized essential oils in treating disease. Um, so it kind of was like spreading around Europe at the time as well. Um, 
<clears throat> in the 1880s and 18 and specifically in 1887, um, the French physicians recorded laboratory tests on antibacterial properties of essential oils. Um, these early tests resulted from observation that there was low incidences of tuberculosis in a flower growing in the districts of southern France. Oh, yeah. That's cool. In 1888, a similar paper was published showing the microorganisms of glandu glandular and yellow fever were easily killed by the active properties of oregano, Chinese cinnamon, which I don't know how that's different from regular cinnamon. Yeah, I'd be curious. And angelica and mm -hmm. geranium. You know, I would be really interested to read some of these early studies. This is like our biology mm -hmm. side and chemistry coming out. But I'd be so interested to read like these individual articles and be like, oh, was it actually, did it end up being linked to those things like indefinitely or was it right. just happenstance, you know? Or if there's been other changes. So this is what's right. interesting. This is what's interesting to me, this next part. Is, mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the French and German um, met medical fields in the respective countries mm -hmm. maintained a close connection with healing properties of botanicals and did not experience a schism with botanical medicine as we have experienced in the United States. Basically, still practice a lot of these things um, and they consider um, like botanical medicine, aromatherapy, things like that, a prime, like a primary sort, oh. like a, a primary part of medicine. Whereas in the United States, yeah. like we kind of talked about in the good news, there's a lot of big pharma is really pushing a lot mm -hmm. of um pills and mm -hmm. artificially you know um manufactured drugs right so and i can tell you right now they're not teaching aromatherapy or anything in medical school no definitely or not. in nursing school i think yeah. so it's just interesting um to kind of see how different cultures have adapted this and consider it still like a pretty legitimate part of medicine well and not to take like a turn controversial topic or anything like that but i mean i think it also kind of boils down to priorities of teaching and like you know we obviously you know a doctor's job is to keep the patient alive but so they're mm -hmm. teaching you ways to keep them alive by the quickest most effective means possible but they're also like okay Correct. well when a doctor does this, how can we benefit financially from this? So it's all going to go towards big business. And it's not necessarily just about the patient having a flawless and healthy recovery and being maintained on a right. healthy basis. So like I imagine in other cultures who maybe have like their generalized healthcare or, you know, paid healthcare, you know, it's kind of already taken care of. And then the main focus isn't about like how much money can I, you know, get from this person's disease, but it's how right. can we most effectively treat you long term so you're not coming back constantly exactly. yeah just a difference well and in a how lot they of, handle it a lot of this stuff too is like preventative medicine right you know like treating anxiety with mm -hmm. lavender instead of you know an antidepressant right. or some other kind of anti-anxiety medication mm -hmm. is like not no it, right. it shouldn't yeah it's it's not done here like that's mm -hmm. not a thing so you know, I and honestly, like, do I think that lavender should take <laughs> the place of, you know, anti-anxiety or antidepressive meds? No. But like, could it be helpful? And, right. you know, could you 
complimentary. Could, yeah. yeah. Could you compliment that? Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, <clears throat> I think that, you know, it's all about balance, right? Absolutely. So I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit, you know? No, it is. I mean, you hear people who've been, obviously it probably is applicable to all diseases as most things are not like not everything is a blanket statement that would be silly but i mean even people with like gastro issues who go different countries or like change up their diet to maybe be vegan or vegetarian whatever the case may be like or maybe full protein or carnivore diets like it's whatever works with your body and i think trialing an error trial and error with those things might be helpful so you can figure out what's what your body responds to naturally and then like we talked about complement with maybe other things that maybe push you to the to the other side of health you know in a good way it's it's like if my patient is having pain i'm Mm. gonna put ice on their leg or whatever and then also i'm going to give them some painkillers correct you want to make sure that you're using everything available to you exactly yep Um, Another fun, this is more of a fun fact. Um, Mm -hmm. Lavender, as well as other essential oils, were used in the 1900s to help treat war wounds during like World War II and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Additionally, Marguerite Maury, a French biochemist and nurse, Mm -hmm. lectured and gave seminars in the early 1930s throughout um, Europe. And she taught about the um, rejuvenating properties of essential oils and the resulting overall sense of well-being that they provided. Um, nice. So she was really um, going around making sure that everyone was aware that this mm-hmm. could be used as well as, you know, the modern, the drugs that were coming out Absolutely. during that time. Nice. So um, <clears throat> let's see. The last thing um I'll say is the term aromatherapy was called by French perfumer and chemist Rene Maurice uh, get, get uh, nice get fossy get, get fossy um, in a book he wrote on the topic which was published in 1937. Um, he previously discovered the healing power of lavender in treating burns. Mm-hmm. And the book discusses the use of essential oils in treating medical conditions. That's nice. I mean, like we talked about earlier, essential oils are still plant derived, like many of our medications. And I say plant derived. Some of the medications are obviously now synthetically made because we figured mm-hmm. out how to mimic what the plant would provide or like what the chemical structure would be that would complement that. And that's right. good because that means we can mass produce and have as many on hand as we might need for certain diseases, but it's all about how it's entering the body and like what areas it's being used for. So example, lavender for a burn, you're not ingesting that that's going on your skin, the biggest organ on your body, but it's physically going on you. But of course, if you take a pill, it's now internal. If you inhale something, it's in your sinuses. So it's just figuring out the best way for that particular, uh, essential oil, medicate, whatever you want to name it as therapy to work in your system and the best way to get it there to do its job. Yeah. Yeah. Which is half the battle anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So that's like our little, little, um, history lesson on aromatherapy and how 
we can use that in everyday life. How we're not going to have one. How we're not for- using it in the United States healthcare system. No, I'm just kidding. Well, also, I wonder, I, I think the next bit of research I want to do is like safe things to have in your house with also animals that can kind of do the same thing. Like what's yeah. something that's not going to outside of, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably not going to do the pot of like sage and stuff me neither but i mean like what are ways that you can use these types of therapies when you do have animals that may be susceptible (laughs) to it and also you don't want to disrupt like your senses in your home because that's also not good for you yeah so i would be i think i'm gonna do some individual research on this one and see what i could use instead yeah and it would be interesting also like to see what if it um because like plants that you can have in your house when you have pets there's like different ones and it would be interesting if it like i know and if it crosses over um to like the different smells and then also the different plants you would assume they wouldn't be able to ingest the plants but that's very very true i mean i know lilies are no no oh yeah i also (laughs) with cats absolutely not we're not doing it pretty toxic um yeah that's awesome yeah (laughs) so uh that's all i got for nice. this wonderful episode of mediocre content it's fantastic if you yeah. listener have something you want to add questions you have or going back to the birthday i'd still like to know if you have a september birthday or one of the odd yes. ones <laughs> so know. send it in uh you can either get it to us via email at mediocre at gmail.com send us a tweet at mediocre squawks or on our new instagram at mediocre podcast send us over any dms comments on our posts or emails we'd love to hear from you yes we would definitely and and, uh otherwise we'll see you next week Cheers. cheers